When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Wednesday, November 30th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, the hot stove continues to sort of simmer right now. Uh, not a lot going on, not a lot of moves being made. I think uh, some people are being frustrated a little bit uh, as the winter meetings draw closer at the end of the week here. Maybe we'll see a little bit more action moving. Uh, certainly the the Aaron Judge situation uh, you know, no progress there. And and that sort of leading things, uh, you know, once that domino falls, I think a lot of other things will fall into place. Uh, but on a, on a small scale and, and sort of Guardians related, uh, you know, uh, there is a little bit of news uh, that, that happened Monday night. Uh, Luke Maley signs uh, a deal with the the Reds. Uh, Maley, uh, a Southern Ohio uh, native, uh, went to Covington Catholic uh, in Kentucky and uh uh, he's he's going to be back home uh, with the Reds next season, uh, and and certainly what he gave the Guardians last season uh, was uh, w- was a, a a lot of stability, a lot of uh, reliability behind the plate. Uh, did a great job for for Cleveland, and I don't think anybody uh, in the the Guardians organization would would have a bad word to say about Luke Maley. So wish him all the best uh, heading home to to play with the Reds next season. Yeah, Joe, um, Maley's probably uh, going to back up uh, Tyler uh, Stevenson down in uh, in Cincinnati. You know, Stevenson's coming off that uh, broken collarbone, so we'll have to see where he's at when, you know, when camp opens. But, you know, Maley, yeah, definitely. University of Kentucky, he played there, and, uh, you know, he, that's like going home for him. I'm sure he's excited about that. And, you know just his time in Cleveland and what he contributed uh, to, to that club last season. Uh, he was, he was just as valuable as, as Austin Hedges back there behind the plate. The two of them would work, uh, you know, game plans every series. They'd be sitting there on a laptop, you know, working over uh, rosters and players. And, and I don't think any uh, pitching staff was as prepared or more prepared than uh, the guardians were, uh, thanks to Hedges and Maley and the work that they put in, uh, and he was a big part of that. Plus, he was a great guy in the clubhouse, uh, great to talk to after every game. Uh, he had some some real gems uh, of quotes, uh, you know, after after games uh, throughout the season. 
just a, a lot of fun to uh, to be around. But you know they're they're losing uh, you know some sort of some some veteran leadership there uh, that was in the clubhouse uh, throughout the season. Yeah, Hedges and Maley were two of the oldest guys on the club. Uh, they're both uh, free, you know. Well, Hedges Hedges is a free agent, obviously. You know, Maley, you know, left. He was non-tendered and became a free agent, signed with the Reds. So, you know, that's kind of a void, definitely, Joe. And uh, you know, uh, they, you know, the Guardians stress so much that they want their catchers to run the coat, you know, the pitching staff to, uh, you know, put uh, defense and controlling the running game and and the staff first, you know, uh, be, before their offense. And, you know, <laughs> Hedges and, and Maley were the epitome of that. So it's going to be interesting to see um, just, you know, how they fill that void. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about it before. Is, is Bo Naylor ready? Do they bring in, you know, they're, they're definitely going to have to bring in another veteran catcher. Maybe it's Hedges. They bring back Hedges. I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, there's a void there right now. Yeah, that's uh, that, that really does sort of put the focus now on uh, Austin Hedges and can they get a deal worked out to, to, to bring him back uh, next season to, to sort of have some sort of continuity for next year because, Otherwise, you're bringing in one or maybe two veteran catchers who who haven't had a connection to the club over the last year. And as you you sort of wait for for Bo Naylor to be ready, uh, if you haven't determined that he's ready now, uh, I I just don't, I can't see them opening with Bo Naylor on the roster in April when they start uh, the season. I, I just I, I've got to believe that that he's going to open in the minors and and come up when he's hot unless he's just killing it once spring training hits and you know we'll 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 know within the first couple of weeks of spring training what uh what the plan is going to be for Bone Ailer because uh, just by the way they're they're rolling him out there and using him yeah definitely and um uh, you know like and you know they you know I don't even know if you could really make the club out of spring training Joe because you know they're so you know you you know when you let talk to uh, Terry Francona you know he he does not get fooled by spring training stats, so I think Naylor would have to do uh, something above and beyond, kind of to make that club out of camp if if they if they feel like he needs more seasoning at AAA, and uh, you know there's a bunch of catchers, veteran guys, uh, uh, you know, out there as free agents. Uh, Wilson Contreras, probably the big name, uh, you know, more of an offensive guy. Uh, Mike Zanino, uh, Gary Sanchez, Kristen Vasquez. I like Kristen Vasquez, kind of. You know, he's a backup in uh, in Houston. Uh, did a great job there. He, uh, I think he, you know that's that's maybe t- t- Tucker Barnhart is out there. Uh, uh, Jason Castro, our buddy uh, Roberto Perez is out there. So. There's a bunch of guys out there that all kind of fit that mold as a veteran kind of, you know, staff leading catcher. Yeah, and you would have to find a guy who's who's got the right approach and attitude to it as well, you know, knowing that, you know, he would be coming in here not to be sort of the main number one guy in in the long run, in the long term. Uh, anybody you bring in has to know that, you know, eventually that spot is where they, they want Bo Naylor to be starting and, and you know, by sometime over the summer, it's probably going to be the case. Yeah, and and there's also, you know, they've been connected with Sean Murphy from Oakland, and I don't, you know, that's, you know, that's, you know, I like, you know, you got to love Murphy's stats and his numbers, but if you if you bring in uh, Sean Murphy, um, 
you know, what what does that do with Naylor? You know, do you set him back? Is he involved in the trade? Is he going back to Oakland? You know, it, it's kind of an is, interesting uh, dynamic there. Yeah, I I can't believe that. I, I can't, you know, see it as, as being a, a real possibility that they've put all this development into Bo Naylor and, and, you know, brought him along and they like him so much and that, that they would trade him for, for Sean Murphy. I can't see that happening. But, you know, who knows? The stranger things have happened. Uh, right now, it's just uh, again, if it's if it's not going to be Austin Hedges coming back in some sort of uh, free agent uh, signing, then right now you're you're talking about your your number one catcher on the on the club not being on the roster right now, and and that uh, that that's a a really sort of unst- unsettling feeling, I guess. Uh, here's another question: Is the is the opening day first baseman uh, on the roster right now? Do you believe that? That they have a first baseman on the roster who they like enough, or are they going to go out and try and sign or trade for somebody uh, at first base? Yeah, uh, you know, well, they've got to update, uh, they've got to upgrade the offense, and you know, you can do that at three three positions: catcher, first base, or DH. Uh, you know, we've got uh, the Guardians. You know, obviously, uh, you know, Josh Naylor made uh, eighty four starts at first base last year. Uh, Owen Miller made 71 starts at first base last year. They're both still on the roster. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, just from watching, uh, you know, J- uh, Josh Naylor last season, you know, I, I think they would prefer to have him DH a little more than he did just to, uh, you know, protect him a little more as he comes back from that broken ankle. And I'm not really sure if, if where Owen Miller fits on this club anymore, Joe. Yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, it's a scary off season for a guy like Owen Miller unless they've they've told him where to focus his uh, his energy and his attention. Uh, you know, if it's just sort of left out there, uh, I'm I'm if I'm Owen Miller, I'm wondering where I fit. Uh, Josh Naylor can play first base. We know that. Uh, you're right. I think they they do want to ease the burden on him a little bit more next season. Uh, is th- there's a there are a bunch of guys out there that could be had uh josh bell maybe a guy that uh is is a, a name that's popped up he was obviously traded from washington uh to san diego last year uh finished the season in the playoffs with the padres uh he's uh he's a guy who can could definitely hit the ball a long way i believe he's a switch hitter um can uh, can he play defense enough to to make himself an option for the guardians at first yeah, you know, interesting guy, you know, uh, somebody uh, I think they would be interested in. Uh, you know, he, like you said, he kind of, you know, what he when he went from the Nationals to uh, San Diego last season, right, with Juan Soto right. uh, in that big deal. Uh, so, he, you know, he's out there. Uh, the Indians, I mean, the Guardians, you know, got a good look at him, you know, uh, when they played Pittsburgh a couple times, you know, especially what back in 2020, they were they were playing uh, the Pirates a lot during the uh, the, the the pandemic, uh, you know, the the exhibition pandemic games. Um, and you know, there's other guys, Brandon Bilt, Yuli uh, Guriel, uh, you know, uh, Mancini is out there, Jesus Aguilar is out there, Miguel Sano is out there. Uh, so there's there's some first basemen out there too, or or maybe they could they, they could make a deal, you know, try to trade for one Joe. But they really haven't. It it, it seems to me they they you know first base to them is is kind of a uh, 
a, a kind of a catch-all position. They, I don't know if they're really sold on that they need a you know a regular full-time first baseman. They seem to uh, just kind of you know the, the the guy that's left over plays first base as long as he can swing the bat. Well, yeah, if you bring in a Josh Bell, it would be you know to play first base to sort of cement that position and and maybe uh, you know rotate in as a, a DH every now and then. Uh, but last year his numbers. You know, don't don't necessarily they they certainly beat whatever uh, DH numbers the the Guardians were able to put up. He had an OPS plus of 128. I uh, drove in 71 runs, uh, but he only hit 17 home runs, and and that's in 156 games. He had a, a three uh, a 3.0 WAR for uh, according to Baseball Reference. So like you know this guy he's got the the ability to go out there and hit, he hit 266, uh, slugged 4, 422. So I, you know, I, I don't know. Is does does that warrant enough of a contract to to come in there and, and be the boost that they need uh, at, at both first base and DH? Uh, I don't know if if, if he's an option. Uh, and the other guys you mentioned there, uh, Yuli Gurriel. The reason that that Houston signed Jose Abreu is because Yuli Gurriel has started to fall off and and he really faded uh last year uh, uh I mean that's that's who Jose Abreu is replacing there in Houston uh making Gurriel obsolete and this is a guy who has been you know one of the the key pieces for uh Houston since since 2017 since they won their first world series so uh you know I don't know if 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 the the Astros don't want him back I I got to believe that there's there's something wrong there uh, you know, maybe he can can you know rebuild himself if the the Guardians give him a shot. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know if I would kick the tires on on Guriel. Uh, the other guy you mentioned, Miguel Sano. Uh, we've seen what happened to him in uh, in Minnesota, and uh, I I would steer clear of that. That's that's sort of like a a train wreck, isn't it? Yeah, and he's he's had injuries. He's had you know he's had trouble with his weight. Uh, you know, he, he barely played at all this past season. So, yeah, that's probably a guy you'd, you'd probably steer away from, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the advantages of seeing him as much as they did in the, the Central. They, they sort of know what his faults are. So, that, you know, if you if you want to steer clear of a guy like that, uh, you you certainly have the uh, all the information there. Um, so, yeah, uh, first base, catcher, DH right now, those are the, the big needs and the big uh, – the big opportunities for people to come in and, and sort of, uh, you know, add to this club. Uh, we'll, we'll see what the, the guardians do in these winter meetings. If they're able to walk away from, uh, the meetings in San Diego with, with some additions to this roster and something to, you know, sort of spark something maybe. Yeah. You know, the, I think that, you know, the, the fact that, you know, they were in on, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jose Abreu, you know, and you were willing to go three years. I mean, that's an indication that I think they're serious, that they realize they have, you know, a really good roster, Joe, and uh, they just, they don't, you know, it doesn't need an overhaul. They just need to uh, add a few pieces here to uh, help the offense. And, uh, you know, if if it's not uh, Brayu, then, you know, you go to the next guy or you go to the next area. You know, I, I've been wondering, would would if you were Chris Antonetti or Mike Chernoff, would you look to to make an ad in the outfield, or are you satisfied with the outfield? Uh, I, I mean, right now the 
the outfield, even beyond the guys who who were thinking of as being the, the set starters at those positions. Uh, there's there's even younger guys behind them who are ready to come in and contribute uh, at some point next season. So uh, there's depth there, I, I, I got to believe. But maybe you want like a veteran presence, maybe somebody who's, uh, you know, just a, a guy who's sort of seen and been through a little bit more than uh, a Stephen Kwan or a uh, an Oscar Gonzalez, just uh, sort of as an insurance policy uh, to be your your fourth guy out there uh, to open the season at least maybe. Uh, you know, not maybe one of the headline guys, but just a, a sort of a, a blue chip guy who you can put on the bench and and say, you know, maybe he plays one out of every, you know, three games in a series or something like that. Uh, yeah, possibility. Uh, but, I, you know, right now you don't want to clog up uh, just sort of that that philosophy that they, they lived by last year yeah. of not wanting to clog up the lanes for a guy like a George Valera. Uh, you know, certainly I, I want to see George Valera in the big leagues at some point next season. Uh, so, you know, that 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 should happen. Uh, you know, can you open the season with Will Brennan sitting on your bench? Uh, I mean, I, he, he proved that he could do it last year. Uh, maybe you can maybe you can get by with that early on in the season. Yeah, you certainly, you know, you had enough confidence in him to uh, that he was in the postseason on the bench. You know, a guy that, you know, what came up in uh, late, what, late early October or late, late September, September at least. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Brennan is a guy that, you know, I, I would think, uh, you know, is probably, you know, if Miles Straw doesn't get off to a great start or he's going to push Miles Straw for some playing time. In, in center field, I would think, you know, if, if Straw, you know, can't, you know, shake the funk that he was in uh, this past season at the plate. Yeah, you're not losing anything there if uh, if if Straw doesn't come out and, and sort of correct what was what was wrong in the, the middle part of the season there. Uh, so, yeah, the the outfield, you know, as good as you felt coming uh, into the end of the season with the, the way the outfield was playing, uh, you're certainly looking to make sure that you you, you want to hedge your bets and make sure that there's some sort of backup or an insurance policy uh, in case they don't produce the same way that they did throughout last season. Um, speaking of hedging bets, <laughs> in Toronto, they certainly did that when they hired Don Mattingly as their bench coach uh, to to sit on John Schneider's bench. Uh, that's a uh, That is a message to John Schneider <laughs> saying, hey, you better win some games. Otherwise, we got a guy sitting on your bench who's uh, who's going to be taking your job real soon. Yeah, that was a surprise. You know, Mattingly, what, had managed, what, nine years with the Marlins and kind of stepped away. I don't know if that was a mutual, uh, you know, agreement that it was his time had run up, run out in uh, Miami. But, uh, you know, it uh, definitely, you know, you got to be looking over your shoulder if, if you're if you're the, if you're the the Toronto manager right now. And he just they just re-upped him, right? They he just right. signed a new deal. So yep. the, it, interesting move on uh, Toronto's part. And you know, with uh, you know uh, with Mattingly, Joe, when when Manny Acta, you know, uh, was fired uh, in in 2012 after the 2012 season. Mattingly was one of the candidates uh, uh, that uh, the Guardians slash Indians wanted to talk to at that point. He was, uh, I think, he was a bench coach for Joe Torre in uh, in with the Dodgers at the time. 
and um, but uh, the Dodgers wouldn't give him uh, permission to uh, talk to uh, Cleveland. And now, you know, Mark Shapiro is out, up in uh, Toronto running the show with Ross Atkins as his GM. So, you know, there might be a connection there. Still something, you know, that, that uh, you know, obviously they liked Mattingly a while ago and they must still like him. Yeah, at some point, I got to believe Mattingly is going to be managing that team uh, one way or another. Uh, I, I think that's going to be the case. Uh, you saw what happened last year with all those expectations. They were the sexy pick uh, at the at the start of the year with Laguerrero and, and all that pitching that they have uh, to to win the division. And when when they didn't even make the playoffs, uh, you know things uh, you know things went south. And uh, I I gotta believe that uh, you know there there's a little bit of pressure there uh, for Schneider to to come out and and, and win and and win a lot of games. Uh, you mentioned there's a couple of ex-Cleveland, uh, you know, just guys who, who who made appearances with the club who are, are now going to be major league coaches. Uh, one guy who was on the opening day roster in 2016 who I couldn't even remember. Yeah, Colin Cowgill. That's, a, you know, that's a good trivia question, I, I, I would imagine. You know, I think he was I think he was in the starting outfield on opening day, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I'd have to check that. But he's going to be uh, the Reds uh, first base coach. Uh, under David Bell this, uh, you know, in 2023. And uh, Ramon Vasquez, who played with uh, Cleveland in 2005 and 2006, is Boston's uh, new bench coach under uh, uh, Alex Cora. Well, that's great. Uh, the like, like we mentioned, the uh, the winter meetings getting underway at the end of this, uh, this week, uh, Sunday in San Diego. Uh, one of the, the new features of the winter meetings this year the draft lottery is going to be taking place, I believe, December sixth uh, in San Diego. Uh, the uh, the teams that have the best chance to win the number one overall pick, the Washington Nationals, Oakland Athletics, and Pittsburgh Pirates, all have an equal chance—a sixteen point five percent chance—to uh, win the top pick. Uh, they all have equal odds to win the first, second, or third pick. So. Uh, numbers one, two, and three in the draft order will be the Nationals, Athletics, and Pirates in some order, uh, followed by the Reds, Royals, Tigers. Uh, the, that's sort of the next tier. And then the Rangers, Rockies, Marlins, Angels, and Diamondbacks. Uh, Cleveland doesn't pick until uh, 23. The Guardians have the 23rd pick overall. Uh, the the Playoff teams that made it uh, in in order: Tampa Bay at 19, Toronto at 20, St. Louis 21, Seattle 22, Cleveland, and then Atlanta and 24. Uh, and then your last six teams are the Padres, Yankees, Phillies, Astros, and Mariners. The Mariners get the compensatory pick uh, from. Where do they get the compensatory pick from? Uh, it's for uh, Julio Rodriguez, I believe. Uh, yeah, for for win for Julio Rodriguez for winning the 2022 American League Rookie of the Year award. So, uh, just a, a nice little wrinkle there in the first round. Um, so so yeah, it's it's an anti-tanking measure. What do you think of this uh, uh, MLB uh, draft lottery? Yeah, it's it's interesting, Joe. You know, obviously it came in as part of the new uh, basic agreement 
the uh, players, uh, you know, players association pushed hard for this to to be added into the contract. And uh, you know, this way, I think it makes sense. You know, you 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 don't have a team like Houston did, you know, for so long. You know, that that was you know kind of gritted its teeth and uh, lost a hundred games a year just so they could have the number one pick in the draft for what three, four, five years in a row. To re to build that dynasty that they have right now. So now it's you know you you can't do that. You know you've you've got to at least uh, teams, you know at least have to uh, you know try to put a competitive team on the field because there's no guarantee you're going to get the number one pick in the draft. Right. Uh, talking uh, about the upcoming World Baseball Classic, uh, Team USA roster announced that uh, Adam Wainwright and Nestor Cortez will pitch. Uh, for Team USA, Mark DeRosa's team uh, in the World Baseball Classic. Boy, uh, you know, we missed it by a year. If uh, if Nestor Cortez had pitched in the World Baseball <laughs> Classic last year, he would have been dead tired by the time the playoffs rolled around and wouldn't have been able to beat the uh, the Guardians in uh, in Game 5 of the, uh, the Division Series, I think. Um, uh, unfortunate there, but, uh, you know, you, Team USA's uh, gain uh, by, by adding uh, Cortez and, and Wainwright and Maybe it weakens the Yankees in some way. Uh, who who knows? Uh, also, I don't know if you saw, I, but uh, you know, sort of the, uh, the the best moment of the week. Uh, our our old friend Carlos Santana, who signed with the the Pirates uh, last week, uh, was announced, and in his announcement video, uh, he's he's dressed up in the Pirates uh, uniform in their clubhouse, uh, doing a little bit of a dance. It was uh, it was kind of fun to watch. Uh, Carlos uh, always a, a fun guy. Uh, doesn't take things too seriously, and uh, he was, uh, you know, dancing on a video for uh, his introduction to the to the Pirates. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, you know, Carlos, you know, signed a good deal. What one one year, about seven million bucks for the Pirates. Uh, you know, I think he would have loved to come back to Cleveland, but uh, it was just uh, the. Uh, I don't think the Guardians wanted to pay him that much. They were interested, but I think they wanted to let the market uh, develop a little more. If this had happened later in the season and he was still out there later in the off season, I think uh, maybe Carlos would have been back for his third tour in Cleveland. But now he's with the Pirates, and uh, you know he's. Got, I guess he's going to just keep going, man. Well, how old is Carlos? He's like thirty. He's got to be 36, 37, right? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's what the top uh, uh, career leading switch hitter for home runs with uh, with Cleveland. Uh, so you know he's had a good career. Yeah, uh, a lot of great memories for for the. Uh, 36-year-old Carlos Santana. He'll play uh, next season mostly as a, a 37-year-old. So uh, last year with Seattle, 1.2 WAR, uh, league average uh, 100 OPS. Uh, but you know the batting average is down to 202, and uh, the OPS 692. He did hit 19 home runs, which is about as many as uh, as any Cleveland first baseman hits. So uh, who knows? Maybe we'll 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 see a rebirth for. Uh, Santana there in Pittsburgh. All right, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll catch up with you again on Friday. All right, Joe.